Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon, and this week is December 13th through the 19th, and we're going to be talking about the Family Proclamation. Now, before I jump in, I want to give two disclaimers. One, disclaimer number one, I'm going to be talking about sex. Now, I share this disclaimer because <laughs> I don't know if some of my followers share this with their families or whatever it might be, so I thought I should throw that out there first and foremost so that you can watch ahead of time and see whether you want to share this with your children. I don't talk about physical aspects or anything like that, but this can be a sensitive topic that parents might prefer to talk with their children about personally. Disclaimer number two. The principles that I talk about in this video apply to healthy marriages. And to an extent, they can apply to unhealthy marriages to help those marriages become more healthy they do not apply in abusive marriages because no matter how perfect you are how much you're loving how much you give how much you sacrifice for your spouse if your spouse is abusive it's never going to turn into a healthy marriage right unless that person changes it doesn't matter how much you give you cannot force the other person to change i wanted to throw that out there because I feel like it's so important for those who are in those situations to not be trying to be constantly changing themselves and trying to fix everything when it's not really on them. So the principles in this video are for healthy and even unhealthy marriages to an extent, but not abusive marriages. Now, the family proclamation. Family proclamation is packed full of doctrine and ideals. Absolutely packed. Every single sentence holds foundational truth, right? You could study the individual senses on their own because they all hold these really, really important truths that can help us build a groundwork towards becoming like our Heavenly Father. The Family Proclamation is also only a page long, and it is just over 600 words. And Heavenly Father did not mince any words. All of them are important. Every sentence is important. No sentence can be disregarded. And there was one sentence in particular that stuck out to me while I was reading this. So if you're not too happy about me talking about sex, talk to Heavenly Father because he was the one who told me to do this. So, quote from the Family Proclamation. We declare the means by which mortal life is created to be divinely appointed. Two parts to that. Part one, the means by which mortal life is created. So sex. That's what sex is. That's how you create life through sex. To be divinely appointed. So appointed means chosen divinely. It was chosen divinely. It was chosen by God. The doctrine can't get much more clear than that. <laughs> Heavenly Father chose sex to be the means by which mortal life is created. And sex is meant to be so so many things for us, right? It was meant to create life. It was meant to help us become like our Heavenly Father, to become closer to our Heavenly Father. It was meant to be the ultimate expression of love. It was meant to help us step into the shoes of our Heavenly Father and create life with Him, right? I feel very strongly that Heavenly Father chose to include this sentence in this document very purposefully. And when I first read through it, I was thinking, well, that's kind of interesting. He included this idea of sex being important, but he didn't really talk about it much more than that. 
So I read through the doc document one more time to make sure I wasn't missing out on any other sentences that talked about sex. And I realized that the that a good portion of this document holds truths that can be applied to sex, right? The whole document is about healthy, happy family relationships. And one of the most significant, if not the most significant family relationship that you can have is with a spouse. And sex is a huge part of having a happy marital life. So while the document may not talk outwardly about sex a lot, it can teach us a lot about sex. So let's talk about a second quote from the Family Proclamation that can teach us a little bit about sex. So quote number two, husband and wife have a solemn responsibility to love and care for each other. Fathers and mothers are obligated to help one another as equal partners. Husband and wife have a solemn responsibility to love and care for each other. Sex is more than just having kids. If you don't believe me, there's a million articles in the Enzyme that talk about how it is definitely the way that we create life, right? But going beyond that, it was meant to be more than that. It was meant to bring you closer to your spouse, right? It was meant to help you show love and care for your spouse, just like the Family Proclamation asks us to do. Now, what does this love and care look like in a healthy sex relationship? That might seem to some of us kind of a silly question to ask, <laughs> but I know to others, it might not be such a silly question to ask. Satan works so hard to warp anything regarding sex, not only to all the perversions and pornography and all the terrible things that we talk about all the time, but also on the other end of the spectrum, he tries to make it so quiet and so hush-hush and no one's allowed to talk about it that people don't know how to have a healthy sex life. Luckily, the principles surrounding being a loving and caring spouse in general also apply to your sex life. So example, let's pretend it's the end of the day, you're totally exhausted, your spouse is totally exhausted. Perhaps you're more exhausted than your spouse, but you take a deep breath, you say a little prayer, and you ask Heavenly Father to help you because you are going to go and sacrifice your own comfort and get off the couch and go tend to a fussy child so that your spouse doesn't have to because you know that they had a hard day too. Perhaps sometimes this love and care in a relationship can mean sending your spouse off for a night of fun Sometimes a loving and caring relationship means you go out for a night of fun. <laughs> it often looks like small and consistent efforts intermingled with bigger expressions and bigger gestures of love. It can be the same when we're applying those principles to our sex life. So perhaps one spouse is absolutely exhausted, <laughs> but they choose to initiate sex anyway because they love their spouse and they want to make that sacrifice for them. Now this also flips to the other side, right? We often talk, I feel like a lot of people are often taught like, oh even if you're tired you should make that effort to connect with your spouse. On the flip side, sometimes sacrifice means 
recognizing how tired your spouse is and sending them to bed. Even if they're willing to, sending them to bed because you know they need it. Like I said, these principles don't apply in an abusive marriage. It has to be two people willing to sacrifice and love each other. Just like you wouldn't expect your spouse, like expect and brutally expect your spouse to go and take care of a child because you're exhausted. You shouldn't brutally expect sex, right? That's not, you shouldn't really expect sex, right? It should be an act of service towards each other. Maybe some nights a loving and caring sex relationship looks like you completely focusing on your spouse or vice versa. Some nights it's going to be all about you. A lot of it is going to be small, consistent efforts, especially when kids join. Intermingled with occasional bigger gestures that sometimes become a little more sparse when you have young kids. Perhaps you've gotten to a point in your life where maybe your marriage, your daily life marriage is you're so inundated with to-dos and tasks and going to work and taking care of kids and everything it takes to run a household that your relationship has taken a backseat for a little while. Maybe your marriage feels a little bit boring. Maybe your sex life feels a little bit boring. These are the best times to practice being selfless. Instead of trying to trying a new position or a new location, try taking a night to focus 100% on your spouse. And you'll find that those are some of the best experiences you have with your spouse. When you are completely focused on them being happy and feeling connected and feeling taken care of and loved, those are going to be some of the best experiences for you too, counterintuitive to what the world would try to teach you about how to have this fun, exciting, wonderful sex life. When you can make it less about you, and more about the person you love, you're going to find a much happier, healthy sex life. Quote number three, and I'm actually pretty passionate about this one. <laughs> um, I have conversations like this with my friends a lot. So quote number three from the Family Proclamation. Parents have a sacred duty to rear their children in love and righteousness. So teach your children about sex. <laughs> Wait for appropriate ages, right? But you need to teach your children about sex and teach them about the spiritual aspects, right? There are lots of things that we can learn spiritually from sex, but teach them about the physical stuff too. Even if they're squirming and uncomfortable, teach them about how their bodies work. <laughs> teach them the physical aspects at the appropriate time, but teach them. Satan loves all forms of ignorance no matter what topic it is. He loves it when people are ignorant and he exploits it. He uses it as a tool to the detriment of us and those that we love. I've heard <laughs> so many stories about people who just had no idea what they were getting into that first night. I want you to imagine two people. They were never taught by their family about sex. Now, because of the way the world is, they probably have a basic idea. I would imagine that most people have a basic idea of what sex is. But they don't really know how their own body works, let alone how the other person's body works. Imagine what that could mean for this couple on their wedding night, right? They go into this 
he might have no idea that it can be painful for her. No one taught him that. And maybe parents just assumed that he would figure that out or learn, or maybe that she would be open enough to communicate that. I don't know. But in his innocence, maybe he has no idea that it can hurt her. <laughs> maybe he has no idea that she has different biological needs than he does or how things work for her. He might spend his whole wedding night super happy, blissful, exhausting experience, fall asleep with no idea that she has had just short of tragic experience, right? Because he simply was ignorant about how these things work for her, right? And if she wasn't taught either, if she wasn't taught to openly communicate and that we need to be having conversations about sex, maybe she's too scared to say anything, right? You're setting him up for a world of hurt. <laughs> sex is so important to a marital relationship. It can soothe during the long days, sometimes long nights, can help us soften our hearts, help us forgive each other, can help make things exciting while we're wandering through this wilderness that's the rest of our life after we've been sealed. When your first experience is traumatic simply because of ignorance and nothing else, not because anyone was mean or evil, but because of ignorance, it doesn't matter how innocent it was in the beginning that no one was meaning to hurt anybody. Ignorance can still cause trauma and cause problems, right? Imagine this poor girl who was never taught anything because she never had these conversations with her parents. She doesn't know how to have these conversations with her spouse. She doesn't feel comfortable asking her parents, right? Because they never had those comfortable, very plain conversations together. And she sure as heck isn't going to Google it. <laughs> Where does she turn? Who does she go to? How does she learn how to have a health, healthy, happy sex life with her husband? And in turn, have a healthy, happy marriage. We have to teach our children. You don't have to teach them everything at 12, but teach your children what a healthy sex life looks like. You can teach them all the things that can go wrong if you're doing it not according to God's way, but take time for a separate conversation to sit down with your child and talk about what sex is, what it can be for a marriage, how wonderful it can be, how it can be an act of service and love, how it can tie you to your spouse. Talk about sex. I can almost guarantee that they will be less likely to turn to pornography if you teach them about what sex can be, the potential and the beauty of what sex can be. If they know what it can be at its epitome and they know that pornography will not give them that, <laughs> if they know that a Google search will not help them reach that point, they will be less likely to turn, turn to pornography. Our world is not what it used to be. Perhaps in a past day and age, it, with less perversions and less divorce, you could have gotten away with not having really blunt conversations about what sex is, but in our day, it's not going to work, right? In our day, we have to teach our children because the world is going to teach them. <laughs> Whether you teach them or not, the world will. Teach them what sex is meant to be, what God meant for sex to be. If you don't, they may make it anyway, 
with their spouse, but it will be an uphill battle for them if they are ignorant in relation to sex. Fourth quote from the Family Proclamation. Excuse me, I'm a little bit sick. <laughs> it says, Happiness in family life is most likely to be achieved when founded upon the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Happiness in your sex life is most likely to be achieved when founded upon the principles taught by Jesus Christ. And this goes for the law of chastity, keeping the law of chastity both before marriage and after marriage. But there's a different aspect of this that I wanted to talk about. One of the things that I feel so strongly that Christ taught about all the time, not only in his life, but before he came to earth, since he has come to earth, something he has taught all the time is that action means nothing unless your heart is in it, right? I think of the Pharisees. No one kept the law of Moses better than the Pharisees, but who was Christ upset with? He was upset with the Pharisees, even though they kept the law just as well as anybody else, right? Perhaps better than everybody else. It was the Pharisees he was upset with. Why? Because their hearts were not in it. I imagine that if the Pharisees had kept all their little rules about the law of Moses, if they kept all those rules and they had worked so hard to keep those rules, but they still had that humble heart and it was still pointing them towards their savior, Jesus Christ, I don't think he would have been upset with them, right? I think he would have corrected them, telling them, you don't need all these side rules. I gave you the rules that you need. <laughs> Just follow those ones. Don't make up rules. But it was their hearts that were in the wrong place. And the same goes for sex, right? Before you engage in sex or while you are within sex, if you're frustrated about a long day or if you're frustrated with how your spouse handled a certain situation, let allow your heart to soften and connect with them anyway. Let your heart be in the right place. Don't just go through the motions. Even if you are being so selfless and giving them the physical aspects of sex, you can still be doing so much damage if you're not giving them the emotional connection with the physical aspects of sex. Not only damage for them, because it's not as fulfilling when your spouse isn't connecting with you, but you're doing damage to yourself emotionally, right? What are you teaching your body about what sex is, right? What are you teaching yourself about who you are in relation to sex if you are just engaging in it, playing martyr, giving the physical aspects, but holding on to anger in your heart, right? We have to make sure our hearts are right or we have to allow our hearts to become right. Put your heart in the right place in order to live a happy life. In the gospel of Jesus Christ, when it comes to when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, when it comes to living happily ever after, when it comes to becoming like our Heavenly Father, when it comes to living a fulfilled sex life, all of these things, pure action is insufficient. It has to include our hearts. Forgive, have compassion, serve, respect, honor your spouse. These are the principles. That will help you happily live the gospel. That will help you in your regular daily lives and will help you in your sex life. The principles found in the family proclamation can teach us about how to have 
healthy, fulfilling family relationships in all of its forms. I'm grateful that our Heavenly Father spoke through a prophet and gave us this proclamation. I'm grateful that there are so many layers here. Even though the doctrine is so direct and clear, it is applicable in a million different scenarios. And so there's so much here to study. I'm grateful for the family proclamation. I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.